Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey London. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. We got a snowstorm here. Enjoy <laughs> it. The Midwest can have that. Mm-hmm. Although we would like it here in California. I mean, remember, dude, no, you remember snow days as a kid. Sure. East sure. Coaster? Yeah. yeah. East Coast. Right. Yep. Yep. Are your kids currently experiencing a snow day, even though, no, they're in, going to, they're going, they're in person. Minor, yeah, they are, but all of the county shut down everything. Even schools that are virtual have a snow day, which kind of seems a little dicey, but. Yeah. Lots of other stuff <laughs> happening in the world, uh, but the snow is probably the most exciting. Uh, New York in particular, tons of influencers out there getting that content. You've been good. You haven't really posted much about it. No, oh. I thought about it, but I thought I'm not doing it. Well, Do you, you wish know. that you would have invested in GameStop or were on Reddit? <laughs> I, I think all of the above at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like GameStop, AMC. There's a few yeah. that I should have looked to invest in. And it's too late now. Like that yeah. windfall is gone. And it's so interesting what's happening or happened. Do you invest in the stock market? We have some in some safe stocks. So we're like we're a conservative investment sort of crew i feel like i was the person in all of those memes that were like i don't understand like literally the, all of those explainers like this is what and a short sale and, a, mm-hmm. and i was like no it was way too much basically some dudes on reddit and gals some people on reddit were mm-hmm. like hey there's these big hedge funds or investment firms i'm gonna try to get this right so there are these big investment firms that short stocks. So they see them falling and they buy a whole bunch of them because if they fall again, they're guaranteed they have to buy the they have to buy them back at the price before it was shorted. So the Reddit threaders were like, we see them falling, but we're gonna rise those puppies back up again. So if the investment firm bought it for three dollars, the Reddit people drove it up to 30 bucks, they have to buy it back at 30. So we're talking like billions of dollars being lost. And that's not great because there's a lot of pensions involved. And I am no financial analyst, but that's that's the layman's term. Feel free to email me if I got that wrong. (laughs) Please let us know. Uh, Don't take our investment advice at all. Indeed. This is not certified in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) But if you could go back in time and invest in that GameStop, we'd recommend it. But that would then you'd have to be on Reddit. Are you on Reddit? Like, are you an act? Oh, no, no, me neither. No, I'm not an AMA-er. Although I do enjoy the concept and I've gotten from friends plenty of juicy gossip through yeah. Reddit, but I'm myself not a Redditor. Same. I'm still kind of reeling from last week's pod with Morel, And I feel like she really helped us pay off that explicit sort of icon next to our podcast. So thanks, Morel. <laughs> you gave us a run and she's been sharing away. So you go. I love it. We love it. And we cannot wait for the apparel, which she keeps continuing yes. to tease. LOL, she wouldn't break because- it. She wouldn't tell me what it was. She couldn't yeah, break character. <laughs> we are ready. And if you liked our interview with Morel Coken of Sebastian Professional and the Harlot Salon, make sure to subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok all of the places at read the teas and send mm-hmm. us questions to volume up at the teas.com. Ding. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, on today's episode, we interviewed master barber, celebrity groomer, Kenny Duncan. In addition to working with some of Hollywood's biggest stars, we're talking Michael B. Jordan. He's the co-owner of Main Attraction, Unisex Salon, and U.S. lead educator for Andis Company, which I'm sort of fond of. I talked with Kenny about Andis' new Fluid Volume 2 lookbook and hands-on education program, and being the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers barber and... Musicians, athletes, celebrities, we get the dish on why they're calling him. What I also found really interesting is like his backstory. So, of course, we're going to ask him, you know, how you got started. But, you know, he put his kind of prowess of engineering and architecture, turned that into the creativity and artistry of barbering and looked beyond just behind the chair and what he could do outside the realm of the four walls of a barbershop and salon. So, He's got a story to tell and he's kind of a cool cat. So not kind You're of. not going to want to miss that. Not Stick around. Uh-huh. <laughs> but before we get there, we've got lots of other things that we can talk about that are happening in the world, no? So there's this trend out there, dark under eye circles. And turns out I'm on trend. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I'm not too old for TikTok as it turns out because nope. I've got under eye circles and I don't need a filter. So I could just like, right. I mean, that's the, that's yeah. the thing. No, no, that's not a good thing. No one wants that. I say I'm on trend, but I'm kidding. I take very good care of my under eye area. I'm a big fan of Peter Thomas Roth. These little 24 karat luxury lift and firm eye patches. Are Those these the babies, gold guys? Yes. And they're on every uh. night. Unbeknownst to my small children, what's happening under my eyes. There's nothing dark or puffy. Do you apply after they go to bed so they don't see? Absolutely do not. You... Oh, oh no. Oh, with... We're just roaming the house with them on. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but you're I saying also, that they actually work. They totally work. And the, if you want to step it up a notch, the Itude eye patches, these got little micro needles in them. They were in our last tease Hello Salon Pro box. And they really work. They reduce puffiness. I'm going to send you some of these just in case I think you should. they're creeping on you. Mm-hmm. So don't nope. don't go down that trend. It's going to be short lived. I tell you. <laughs> oh, the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very condescending of me. I just feel like I'm ready <laughs> to get something happening here. So I appreciate mm-hmm. the the intel. the The current regimen that I've got going are not taking care of these guys, and I'm I mean, not ready to be your... a TikTok star. No. And and you don't want to be an accidental star. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, those are really oh, bad. that guy's in it. Um, no I mean, filter. how many steps is your routine? Um, it's not it's not extensive, okay, but I do I use it... before we do like this, for example, versed, which okay, we, I know you love that. Yeah, we're, yeah. I, I'm obsessed. Uh, clean skincare, all of that good stuff. They've got this emergency eye mask situation, which does get rid oh. of some of the puffiness, but it's not okay. like. The darkness is still there. So all right. Yeah. I've got to step, buck that step trend. Up we're gonna yeah. we'll work on that in 2021. <laughs> we're gonna shut down that trend. TikTok. <laughs> um, speaking of on trend, you know, my friends over at R and Co sent me a little influencer package for me to unbox, and I shall do that. And I shall send it to you so you can see it. But they launched their blue by R and Co and it's sustainable packaging. I mean, in the package is literally like shelf worthy, like you just might just sort of let it be there and live. It's absolutely gorgeous. So thank you to them for sending that over. Everyone go to blue.rnco.com. Check it out. Vegan, gluten-free, cruelty-free, UV protection, all of the things. I love it. Looks good. 
hopefully it works good and we're going to hear yeah. from you. I, I feel like know. it's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we love that. In addition, it is February. 2021 mm-hmm. incredibly mm-hmm. it happened boom we're here it was january yeah. now it's not uh it's black history month which is yes. a f- fantastic time of year to sort of reflect on and celebrate black culture accomplishments from black americans throughout the country's history yeah. uh, we've done a number of features on the site uh as regards a number of brand founders and interesting hairstylists and all of that good stuff um yeah we're thrilled it's a good time to, to talk about, you know, the very many important contributions that, that Black folks have brought to, to the culture. Couldn't agree more. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, just like every week, uncovering industry news, diving into brands that you don't know about, but you probably should. And here are our favorite headlines from the tease.com this week. I mean, Winnie Harlow, what? Paul Mitchell's first global ambassador. The second global ambassador is going to have a lot to live up to. <laughs> That Ooh, is a tough act to follow. Pretty solid choice, friends over at uh, John Paul Mitchell Systems. I'm super excited to see how that kind of comes to fruition. Um, yeah, she's remarkable. There's no other such words. an incredible person. Yeah, no, I mean, there's not enough uh, to say. Uh, but yeah, you got to check out the piece. We talk about all. Yep. We talk all about the campaign. In addition to the campaign featuring Winnie, it also is featuring her longtime hairstylist Cesar De Leon Ramirez. Uh, which many of you all know, uh, he has an incredible clientele in addition to Winnie Harlow. It's a fascinating story. We cover everything on the tease for sure. Big news for Paul Mitchell. Uh, bigger news for all of us to enjoy the campaign images, which are beautiful. Shocker. Keeping yourself busy during the pandemic is Michelle Scrivener. And I apologize if that's not how you say your last name, Michelle. Um, her Instagram handle is Blow Dry Dreams. She is a stylist in Minneapolis. She got super creative, like remaking popular characters from movies with her daughters with kind of the side-by-side look. And I, I got to imagine they had a lot of fun doing that. So It's such just like a wholesome story. Those pictures are incredible. So I love too how she was like, cool, I'm going to, I'm going to do something creative and fun and get some attention on my social account while I necessarily am not in the salon. So kudos to you, Michelle, check it out on the tease.com. The story is called a guide to thrive social media growth tips during a pandemic. Love that story. Again, those pictures, you guys have to check it out. Uh, The one story that I'm especially obsessed with, if it's possible to, to really get there is just came up uh euphoria makeup artist donnie davy drops a jewels inspired face decal so the t's generally the editors there are big fans of euphoria the hbo show one of the characters jewels known for the makeup uh yeah yeah the makeup artist behind jewels has now released this decal situation it's crazy in the best way uh we invite everybody to check out the article and then to order the decals and then Post about it and tag us so that we can share it because it's crazy. It's like clouds and swirls and sparkle. Where does one, where is the recommended spot on the face that you put the decal? Well, Carte I mean, Blanche? <laughs> I think technically, sure. It's your, it's your, your canvas, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but I think she likes eyes, but I'd like to see, you know, like maybe like a lower cheek situation, hmm. little highlighter action. <laughs> but seriously, check out the article. would look on me. I think I think you could pull it off. I feel like that's what we should do for next episode is come in with both of yeah. us done up with the decals. All right. Uh, good. One of our editors did purchase 
the product and we'll be testing it out on the site because we want to see how practical it is to, to yes. go about one's day with these decals. Indeed. It would be sort of fun to show up on a Zoom call that way. <laughs> Wouldn't it? I mean, again, maybe like, that's going to be the filter. Like, <laughs> like the TikTok filter. Uh, but yeah, yeah. check out that, that, that article and make sure to, to tag us if you, if you wind up purchasing. We want to see it. We do. I can't wait for you to hear this. Kenny Duncan is up next with Andis Company. We're talking about Fluid 2 from Andis Company, a hair tech publication. We're talking lookbook plus how-tos plus online education. He's a master. His story is absolutely wonderful. So we're excited to have you, Kenny. I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, here we go. So Kenny Duncan is an internationally known barber, stylist, makeup artist, photographer, educator, and salon owner. Quite a list. Um, Kenny is the barber for several Grammy award-winning artists and has toured the world as a barber for Lady Gaga World Tours and Adele Live World Tour. Kenny has also styled for major motion films such as Fantastic Four, Creed, and Creed II starring Michael B. Jordan. He is also the personal barber to NBA stars Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Jimmy Butler. He's the co-owner of a well-known 14-chair salon called Main Attraction Unisex Salon and is the U.S. lead educator for the Andis Company. Kenny, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Congratulations on all of your achievements. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's Definitely great. Appreciate it. So we're here. We've got a lot of topics to cover. We've got some new stuff happening with Andis, but I want to start from the beginning and, and then we'll kind of move into your career and then get to Fluid, um, which we'll kind of reveal at the end. So okay. starting off, tell us how you got started in hair. Like, take us back to the beginning. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> Young guy going to the barbershop, very hairy. And um, <laughs> in the sixth grade, I mean, you could tell I'm very hairy. In the sixth grade, um, the barber charged me two additional dollars for my mustache. Um, hmm. It was for my sixth grade pictures. I told my mom what happened. She gave me 20 bucks. I came back with, with eight. I was supposed to come back with 10. Okay. She was upset because she um, she was under the impression I spent it on something else. So she called a barbershop, hmm. confirmed. And then from there, she bought me a pair of battery-operated trimmers so that I can actually yeah. do my own mustache and not be charged the two bucks. Fast forward, um, I was getting my hair cut by this barber, and my front hairline was always crooked. So now that mm. I had a pair of trimmers, I started fixing my own hairline. Yeah. And then it evolved to me now because I wasn't able to afford getting haircuts as often as I wanted to or as often as my friends did. Yeah. So now I'm freshening up my own hairline in between to try to make sure that my haircut stays fresh for you know a couple months during the time that I wasn't getting a haircut. Okay. And then um, fast forward with how I went to college, one of my friends, his name is Aquil, he, he was a barber at the time. He asked me to cut his hair down and taking me doing outlining around my whole head the basics of learning how to cut hair down. I started cutting my own hair fully. And then next thing you know, people start asking me to cut their hair. Yep. And what I told them was, hey, listen, first time free, next time cost. Because I really didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> just and, um, in case it wasn't perfect the first time, hey, right? <laughs> not just in case. I know it wasn't going to be perfect because I'm going to get my licks off on you. <laughs> I don't I want it. to be mad and have to pay for this. <laughs> so fast forward a few years. I really wasn't taking it serious few people around me started telling me that I was good, started to ask me to take it serious. My business partner now was the first person that gave me the opportunity to earn my license through an apprenticeship program. And once I got my license, it was just off to the races. I didn't know Barbara mm. was going to be for me. Um, okay. 
I looked down on being a barber. I, I, I said that it was the, um, I viewed what I wanted to do as better than being a barber. And I really didn't understand what I was missing out on during that time because okay. what I wanted to do was be uh, either engineer or, um, or uh, architect because I have mm-hmm. artistic skills. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing, and also I also wanted to do computer programming. Okay. So when I went to Temple University taking up computer information sciences and I even tried accounting, I did a bunch of different stuff as my majors. They weren't entertaining. They didn't provide value and mm-hmm. they were just boring, even though I was good at it. All the while I'm cutting hair and I'm finding that there's opportunities in this space for me to do some great stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the deal breaker for me was 9-11. When 9-11 oh, hit, okay. I was registering for my third third semester mm-hmm. in college, and they evacuated all the buildings, and they said, hey, listen, everybody has to evacuate all these government-owned buildings so that we could actually go home. So I didn't get a chance to register for my third semester, not third semester, third year, rather, third finish year? two years. Okay. Didn't get a chance to, uh, to finish registering, and um, what ended up happening was, I said, no, let me just take a, take a, a, a semester off and then okay. figure out what I was going to do. And during that semester, I cut my first celebrity. And I started working with Music Soul Child. And then um, from there, I started really enjoying it because now I started cutting hair outside of the barbershop. What I okay. learned that I didn't like was the average hood barbershop, how it was ran. And okay. um, I, it, I wasn't, it wasn't appealing to me that I wanted to be like the barbers that I knew growing up. Hmm. I just wanted to duplicate the skill set. But when it comes to all the other things that came along with it, it wasn't what I, what I wanted. So um, once I realized that I could start doing stuff outside of barbershop, it was exciting. And I started getting paid to be in places that people pay to be be in. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's a whole nother world to this one. Yeah. And um, I, I've already had a lot of friendships uh, within the music industry because growing up, I was a musician. Started okay. out playing the clarinet, then moved to the alto sax, okay. learned how to play the upright bass and a little bit of piano. So uh, naturally, my friends were in that space where they were they were dope in their own right. And as they became great in their own right within their space, they took me along with them as their barber. Okay. So um, got I've got a chance to work with, you know, a long list of different celebrities through the music industry as a result of me just having dope friends. Aaron Draper, he's a world-renowned percussionist. Okay. He was the reason why I got a chance to work with the Adele tour. George Spanky McCurdy, world-renowned drummer. He's the reason why I got a chance to work with Diddy, Maxwell, Ty Tribbett, as well as the, the, uh, the Lady Gaga tour. And then that just branched off into other other relationships and it just continued to, to flow from there. It was only most recently that I got involved with actors and, and uh, athletes. That was okay. later, latter part of my career. Okay. So um, do I see all this in the beginning? No. Did I want to be a barber in the beginning? No. Um, but I can tell you that I, I'm glad I, ch- uh, I'm glad it chose me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. And wow, that's a, that's a fascinating background and certainly how you could, uh, you know, kind of take all of those analytics analytical skills, whether it's engineering, accounting, architecture, mm-hmm. and and put that into your work as a creative barber and artist. I think that's an interesting parallel. So um, great story. Um, so what was that moment kind of in those early days that you were like, or what was the big break that you know that you were like, okay, here I am. I think we're going to go for this. When I was in college, I was analyzing what the average CPA would make per year. Okay. And when I was analyzing what I was earning going part-time, early on in my career, I was averaging 36000 a year part-time in a barbershop. Okay. And a, C- a entry-level CPA will make 40000 I said, I'm about to come out of school with <laughs> small amounts of debt. 
Um, I, I was awarded a lot of different scholarships. So I wasn't going to carry a large debt, but I was going to be awarded a small amount of debt and pay and earn 4,000 more than I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. But if I put more time into it, I can make the same money without the debt. No, let me just, just, just let me just figure this all out. Let me just take some time <laughs> off because this, this is, this, yeah. this is not making sense right now. Right. And just doing that, uh, things took off. And even to this day, things continue to layer on top of it. And early on, I still wasn't convinced that I wanted to just be a barber because okay. standing behind a chair alone mm-hmm. didn't tickle my fancy. It didn't keep me excited. Um, as a creative, I even though I have it at administration skills, administration skills, as a creative, I, I, I want to be mentally challenged. I want to have mm-hmm. opportunities to do some dope stuff. And, um, and that's why, honestly, we're fluid became one of, one of the shiny stars for me. Being an educator with the Andes Club really helped out because it, it caused me to have additional reasons to travel and to educate and do some stuff outside of barbershop. And because I've been passionate about the field and passionate about being able to change the narrative of how I viewed barbering because I didn't view sure. it as a yep. profession. Mm-hmm. So I became a part of being able to change the narrative of how much a barber can actually earn, how professional they can be and what they can do or what they can be known for. Just to be a part of that was something that um, I just dove into it uh, and I enjoy every minute of it. I don't have to get paid to do that one because that's something that, that pays in itself by yeah. knowing that I can change the narrative of what we're a part of. I think that's so interesting. And one of the reasons that we started the tease was, you know, my background in the industry. My mom was actually a small town um, stylist and salon owner for 40 years. So something about just the industry is kind of in my blood in some way, too. And I think... You know, it's just interesting. And I have such a passion for elevating the industry as a whole, because I do believe, and you are a testament to that times a hundred, um, what you can do and how successful you can be and take different roads and, and opportunities and really parlay those into a very successful and fruitful career. I think the beauty of it is that uh, we have many different relationships with many different uh, important people. And there's no way possible you could be around somebody with great mind, with a great mind or great talent for a long period of time and then not rub off on you. Sure, and when yeah. you surround yourself, I like to call my, my clientele a success cluster. Okay. That's what I like to call my clientele. I like and that. When, you, when, you, when you surround yourself with a great success cluster, uh, you have no choice but to become successful too. Yeah, I think that in itself has been one of the keys because I've been surrounded around great musicians early on. Mm-hmm. Then great actors, great athletes, um, and 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 other great minds. Now I'm around great investors, great individuals that are philanthropists, um, and this stuff rubs off on you. It just sure. rubs off on you. So you can end up. I, I myself am not who I am by myself. I am a reflection of who I'm around. Yeah, I think that's so true. And someone said early on in my career, find somebody that you want to be like and be around them, <laughs> get to know yeah, them, true. emulate true. it. So, true. so I'm with you on that. So, okay, we talked about the beginning, how you got into into the industry. Now you own a 14 chair salon, main yep. attraction unisex salon. Tell us about how you kind of took the celebrity, the the athlete, the musician route, and you kind of parlayed that into also giving other barbers a home and an opportunity to be in a success cluster, if you will, there as well. Well, A, I could never do anything by myself. So I'm a firm believer in partnerships to be able to, okay. to be able to delegate authority to and then also to be able to have things run with consistency because there's three different hats that you wear as an owner. One is the the actual operator, the day-to-day yep. manager. And then sure. one the other hat is actual to be an entrepreneur. And that's mm-hmm. a be for thinking, thinking about ways to make things bigger, better, brighter, faster, stronger. And then there's another aspect to the management. And that's actually finding out what things went wrong 
and putting in policies in place to make sure that those things don't happen again, find out what things do go right and making sure that those things happen over and over again. So I'm a horrible manager, uh, but I am the entrepreneur and I'm a great operator. So I can run things day to day. Um, And the reason why I'm a horrible manager is because I'm not always present because of all the things you just heard me involved with. (laughs) You can imagine that I'm not always here. So for that reason alone, I'm a horrible manager. So having my partner, Wayne Kowser, um, who's the one who helped me get my license back in uh, 99, the one that's, you know, walked me through the whole process of how to, he emulated for me how to set your clock to your Mm. actions. You know, you, if, if his clients is two minutes late, he's he's furious because in his mind, he could have been two minutes into the haircut. There's totally. no I, there's yeah. no there's no grace period with him, even though he's very rigid. You need that when it comes down to how to run and manage a business. So when it comes to policies and enforcing policies, uh, he's an excellent partner to have in that space. And we complement each other well because I'm more of an entrepreneur thinking okay. about ways to make things bigger, better, brighter, faster, stronger. Yep. And um the synergy of what we do together is just amazing. Um, so therefore, it's not just a home for me, it's a home for uh, other other barbers that I consider to be pillars of the community. Um, okay. We layer on different reasons why we exist. One of the reasons why we exist is to make sure that we can help uh, help men become better fathers. We actually use the barbershop where a lot of young boys spend more time in than they spend in their libraries to actually uh, get people involved in. Like, we consider ourselves to be like surrogate fathers to so a lot of the kids that we serve. Wow. Uh, I have my nonprofit. It's called Barbers Who Care. Yeah. So there's yeah. numerous times throughout the year where we give out free haircuts. Um, we recently partnered with a company called Live Chair Health for the purpose of using cornerstone barbershops as conduits of information for health partners to sure. make sure we can actually deal with the health disparities that, that uh, play our communities. Uh, so it's multiple different activations that we're involved in. And um, all those cultivate us to be pillars of the community that people look mm-hmm. up to. You know, you don't have to look yeah. up to the local rapper. As uh, mm-hmm. as the as the pinnacle, the yeah. barbers can be be those guys too. That's awesome. And I was going to get into barbers who care. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about how that started. How many years it's been around? You mentioned your partnership, mm-hmm. um, but I'd love to dig in a little deeper there too. It started with me <laughs> wanting to do a wanting to do a back to school free haircut event, okay. and it's the time of the year that barbers make the most money, and mm-hmm. I don't want to make any money. <laughs> I di- I didn't get as much support from it in the beginning. Okay. So what happens is I realized that younger barbers and barbers who are, who are, you know, use this industry as their primary source of income, when you take away their most lucrative day, they're going to be upset. So yeah. it's a place was, uh, as I was focusing on this being an opportunity to give back, I didn't think about the people who weren't in the same boat as I am. Okay. So yeah. I did it. I didn't get any support. The barbers that were working with me didn't want to support at all. So now, now I had a long line of these little kids that I had to cut by myself. <laughs> so right. this was this was this was over 10 years ago. Okay. So the thought process the next year was, okay, I'm not going to do it in my location. Okay. I'm going to do this in a neutral place. And I want to partner with other barbers that are like-minded, people who have been successful, have have money coming in from different angles, okay. and yep. don't want to be in a community always with their hand out. But when I focus on giving those handouts to the people that's in need, because uh, there's times where I've been in that situation where I needed some help and mm-hmm. just that extra push can go a long way. So being though I know how it feels to be helped, um, my position is if I can help, I'm going to do so. And I want to find yeah. other like minded people to do so. So therefore, we became known as barbers who care uh, okay. about our community. And we started doing it at sneaker stores. Oh, um, first event yeah. we did was 17 barbers. 
And um, we ended up doing a little over, little over 200 haircuts. Fast forward several years later, we average about 25 to 30 barbers and we do on average about 400 haircuts. Wow. Last year we couldn't do it because of COVID, but this year we, we do plan on doing it again. We believe that through, uh, through herd immunity, because uh, we believe enough of people will have the vaccine, we will be able to do some open events and we will be back at it again. And uh, my partner for, for Barbers Who Care is United Healthcare, and uh, they support me a lot with all the activations and making sure that we can actually get the community connected with uh, different resources to help them in, with not just haircuts, but we offer you know free dental screenings, blood pressure screenings, access to information to help them with many different things. That becomes something that's huge. Yeah, sounds like it. And we're happy to help support next year when that comes around too. So be sure to tap us. <laughs> so taking a little bit of a pivot, tell me how, you know, you kind of mentioned the vaccine and, and tell me a little bit about how COVID-19 impacted your work overall. It affected me in a great way, but it affected others that are close to me in a, in a, in a worse way. I will start out by saying I lost one of my best friends during the time. And it was, it was said that he did have covid and that it brought up what was lying dormant in him. It brought up the heart disease that ran in his family. So I lost my friend to COVID. So it, it has affected me in several different ways where, A, I pivoted to focus on taking care of my health because of me seeing what took place to, my, to one of my best friends. He was an amazing father, five children. And it hurt my heart to know that this guy who, in my opinion, was one of the best fathers that I've known to not be there, be able to be there for his kids. And it could be related to how healthy he was. So that challenged me to become even more healthier. So that's one aspect. So I benefited from that way. The other one is that um, because of the, the shutdowns during the time, um, but I was still able to work for the two companies that I do work for, I wasn't in a fam- situation where I was financially destitute. Me and my wife, we've made some investments that help keep us afloat as well. So we, we didn't change what we ate for dinner. There's a large amount of people that we know that did. So during that time, I band together the relationship I had with a lot of different barbers through Barbers Who Care and through we work with the Andes Company, building relationships with people across the country. We said, okay, how can we actually focus on diversifying what we do? How can we actually label ourselves as essential? How can we do so? So that brought us together. But then once we came together, one of the brilliant guys in the group said, hey, we need to put our attention towards our elected officials because they need to take responsibility for what was taking place because we are shut down, not because of COVID. We are shut down because the government wants to help stop the spread of COVID. So we missed out on our most lucrative quarter of a year. Our money isn't equally divided up to almost a year. We missed out on the most lucrative quarter of the year because of government limitations. And with that being said, we we now know that the government has to be responsible for what they did. So we all had to be charged with the, uh, with the idea of learning more about how government works, how our elected officials uh, are responsible for aiding in this process of our rebuilding of our businesses. So with that being said, we created a consortium that we now call ourselves the Urban Barber Alliance. Mm -hmm. And within that alliance, there's 27 thought leaders and barbershop owners Mm -hmm. that um, helped come come together and put together a a 20-point back-to-work safety proposal. We've partnered with elected officials with certain specific bills that we encourage the community to vote for. And we helped create the, the language for what was language as the, the PA CARES Act, which caused $225 million to be dispersed amongst businesses uh, in Pennsylvania. Now, And that led to us proving 
that we are influencers, influencers, and that there's nobody in the state that sees more constituents than barbers and hairstyles. So what we were able to do was put pressure on them and let it be known that, hey, listen, you guys come to our businesses asking people to vote all the time. We want to make sure that we know that we're going to put in power the people that we know that's going to take care of us because that's what that's what it's all about. So with that being said, Pennsylvania was responsible for uh, tipping the election and Philadelphia was a larger part of what Pennsylvania as a whole did to tip the election. And we believe that our investment in civic engagement, because the number of people that was involved during that time was 157 businesses, 157 businesses. There's 27 in our, in our consortium, but 157 were charged up and activated. And I believe that the number of people that we was able to get involved helped add to the numbers of what you was able to see. Um, and because of me and other leaders being a part of that conversation, that was the reason why I was asked to introduce Kamala Harris for that particular night. I didn't know it was going to happen. It was like, I found out the, the night before. It wasn't no like pre prep. Yeah, found out the night before. And uh, it, was, it meant more to me that I was asked to do that one, not because of Kamala, because just being honest, prior to COVID shutdown, I didn't really care about civic engagement. I, I, I'm just being totally honest. Yeah. yeah. As, as business owners, we view ourselves as made individuals that we don't ask for permission to be great. You get up every day, tie your own bootstraps and get it done. Like I'm not asking the government for assistance. Um, we just work hard. And that's that's what we believe works. But uh, when you tell me that I can't work <laughs> is right. when I'm saying, listen, if you're going to tell me I can't work, you got to do something. <laughs> no, you know? that's so true. And I did, I, I was creeping a little bit on your Instagram and I listened to that <laughs> introduction. Um, and that yeah. had to have been a moment. I mean, a true moment for you. Super, but I'm going to tell you what, 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 the reason why. In February, I just did an um, a activation in Chicago for All-Star Weekend and Common, who had already been a client five years prior to that one, um, because of one of my earliest clients, a DJ named DJ Active. Okay. And he was one, one. He was the one that got me to cut music soul child, and he was the one that also got me to start servicing Common. And Common performed on that same night. Lady Gaga performed on that same night, and so did John Legend. It was in 2017 in which I met John Legend and worked with him with with the band and the, and the singers. And on that night, what I realized was that all everybody in the music industry they fight over who's going to be last on the stage. The people who I've spent years preparing them for the big stage, I went on the big stage after them. Oh, So my excitement had nothing to do with Kamala. My excitement had to do with when security, who didn't know that me and Ra, that's what we call Common, know each other, they were trying to keep us away from each other because they viewed me as a groupie. Mm. So when I pulled my mask down, once I seen him pull his mask down, and I'm like, yo, Ra. He's like, oh, what's up, bro? And then we're talking and engaging. And in, in my mind, I have no clue because nobody told me to run a show where I was going to be at, that he was even performing and that I was still going to go on after him. So it looked very, mm. very weird that the people who I've spent years and years working around got a chance to see me go up after them and prove that I'm more than just a barber. Yeah, yeah. no, that's like goosebump moment. That's incredible. Listen, I was, I I was ear to ear like, wow. And then uh, the other thing was, 
my speech was supposed to be on a teleprompter. John Legend had a speech, his teleprompter came up and everything was beautiful. I was like, bet, I'm going to be delivering a great speech. I get up there and as soon as, as soon as I get up there, there's nothing up there. So when I said, hey, how's everybody doing? I was buying time no. for my speech to come up on a teleprompter. That's what I was doing. I was like, All right. how's everybody doing? And waited for a response. I looked <laughs> at the screen, I was like, oh God, I gotta go off the top of my head. Millions of people watching. Oh, this is crazy. You know what? Oh, did it ever come up? You're Never popped up. And I was oh, only boy. supposed to be on stage for three minutes. I was only supposed to be, I was on stage for seven. I was only supposed to be up there for three minutes. <laughs> You're like, crazy. no script. We're going off script. I'm going to say going, what I need to say. We're going off script. So I started speaking <laughs> slow. I'm trying to remember everything I'm saying. Every time I would say a little bit, I would go, and then say a little bit more. And it's only because I didn't have a script. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know what? All of your classically trained, like education presenting for, you know, brands like Andis Company probably just like, ooh, that came into play right That's there. That's what came into play. That's what came into play. It was like, you know what? Kenny, you spoke in front of crowds before. Yes. Just go for it. And that's how you know it came from the heart. You know, you've been a longtime Andis educator. Mm-hmm. Tell me about how that relationship started as well. Yeah. February 2005. Um, big boxing fan. Okay. And then boxing, you, can, you can't say that you're the best until you beat the best. So I've always heard from a lot of my clients that I'm the best barber. And I never really believed it because if you only had three barbers in your whole life, all you're really telling me is that I'm the best of the barbers that you had. That's fair. Yeah. You don't know all the barbers that I know. So to say that I'm the best is, it's subjective. Sure. So in order for me to actually really see where I rank at, I had to enter into a competition. And my goal was to enter into a competition, see where I rank at amongst my peers, put that on my resume, and then apply to a company that was going to allow me to do stuff outside of the barbershop because I don't want to be limited to just being the guy behind the chair because okay. I know that I have this creative side that needs yep. to be, be itched by something else that's related to what I do. Fast forward. You know, to the end of the competition, uh, Ivan Zoot said that the winner of the competition was going to represent the company for one year. Little did I know that he was going to say that I won. And little did I know that come February 2006, that my opportunity was supposed to be expired and I was supposed to get the boot. And um, I'm <laughs> no. still here. You're still here. <laughs> That's some yeah. longevity. Yeah. Was that, what was the competition? It was called the Andes Fade Master Competition. Okay. All right. Yep. Yep. And, gotcha. Uh, Wow. I'm going to tell you here first, the haircut that I did to start my career is the classic Philly that's a part of Fluid 2. No way. It just hit me. What? It that's amazing. Okay, so you did that cut on stage Yes. to get the Andis to win yes. the competition. Yes. All right, we just had a full circle moment. That's what, that's what, that, that's what just hit me just now. <laughs> that's incredible. Wow. So, I mean, Dairy Move Into Fluid Volume 2, I think it's appropriate. Um, yeah, it's a, great, it's a great story behind it all. Um, I'm going to tell you from the beginning, um, Angie called me, Angie yep. Perino, uh, Global Education Manager. She said, hey, Kenny, uh, I want you to take the lead on coming up with the ideas for whatever you want to do for Fluid 2. It's like, wow, this is big. Yeah. Now, I got to, like, subconsciously, I had to let you know what I was already thinking about before she called me. On, on Father's Day last year, I did an interview with a guy named Atari Turner. Atari Turner was a former model that turned movie producer um, that has about 56 different movies under his belt. But he was a, a Sean John model. 
And okay. I, I was oh. curious to know how do you go from being this famous supermodel to go to this dedicated producer, which today sure. he's actually partners with Jamie Foxx with a deal with Sony. All so right. he's he's successful in that too. What made you switch from being a, a, a model to a producer? And he said, content creators and producers are the most powerful people in the world. I got tired of living out other people's content, other people's visions as a model. And I wanted to become the most powerful that actually dictates what people are going to do and how they're going to be represented. Because when it comes to representation, especially of minorities, I want to dictate how we're going to be represented from my perspective versus filling in and let somebody else dictate how I'm going to be represented. I was like, wow, boom. So when, when Angie gave me the opportunity to be a content creator, that's creating how we're going to be represented. Um, I had to think about what was something that I really wanted to communicate outside of just how to cut hair. And there was something that I, that I did prior to that bothered me. And I'm just being totally honest with you. This is what I was charged up with. I had already did research on haircuts. Okay. And when I Googled professional haircuts, I seen a large amount of individuals with straight hair with very different haircuts. When I Googled unprofessional haircuts, there was a bunch of people with curly and kinky hair. Hmm. And it was a wide variety of different haircuts, including images of Denzel Washington. So because of the narrative being labeled that way, I said, okay, I'm going to be able to create content that's going to be heavily driven by images. I want images to be professional. I want them to be clean. And I want them to represent individuals with curly and kinky hair in a professional way so that the imagery that's going to be published globally can be can combat what I know that Google is putting out there. All right. So that was the energy behind it all. Okay. And also because a lot of hairstylists always ask questions about textured hair, because there's little, there's very little right. quality education that, that's surrounding textured hair. I thought it was, it'd be great to create a, a hair pattern chart, a curl pattern chart. Okay. Uh, it'd be great to focus on developing education that focus on multiple different techniques on how to approach grooming uh, textured hair, as well as to be able to offer a small history lesson with each of the names of the haircuts that we're actually uh, producing. There's some history behind each of the names that we actually uh, presented as well. I so that, that that was huge. Yeah, um, it's so well done. And just for our readers, just so our listeners, just so you know, and his company released the Fluid Volume 2. It's about embracing heritage and the natural beauty of multicultural textured hair, as you mentioned. Um, it is a publication and also some online education as well. So yes. very comprehensive, beautifully done, beautifully styled. Uh, and it is a, it's a coffee book table for sure. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, the reason why that means a lot to me is because uh, I was asked to be the, the artistic director. Yep. Um, uh, I've tagged in somebody who I respect a lot, Eric Cheek, yep. to assist with a lot of it. But the, the, the ideas, that was something that, uh, that that's near and dear to my heart. Then it's a reflection of all my creative ideas being put down on paper uh, to the point where we were only asked to create the content. but. Okay. What you are looking at is 90% of a book in which we turned over. We focus on doing the whole layout. We focus mm-hmm. on doing the whole editing and design. I'm sitting behind a computer typing up all the words. Um, like, seriously, like it That's really awesome. was, yeah. it, it really is a, a, a work of art for um, mm-hmm. 
for, for me to be involved in. So we talked about classic Philly and we've got mm-hmm. the modern day Frederick Douglass in the 1921. Mm-hmm. Pick, pick a favorite for me. Break it down. Tell me where it came from. I, I pick a favorite out of those three or any, any influence like you carp launch. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so Eric cheek, he, he masterfully cultivated a name for this, this, uh, amazing Mohawk with a free flow design with our, with, you know, beautiful colors. He came up with a beautiful name for it. But that was very thoughtful. He called this particular haircut. That's high on drop. First, I had to explain to you what a tie-on is. Then I'll explain to you the history of what the tie-on drop, where it came from and what it means today. A tie-on is a head wrap. That's T-I-G-N-O-N. That's a head wrap. In the 1700s, Creole women were mandated by law to wear head wraps called tie-ons because men were attracted to, in an unfavorable way, to their hair. So by law, they were mandated to wear these head wraps so that they wouldn't be a distraction to these men. With that being said, the encouragement today with the haircut that Eric Chi created with this beautiful mohawk and, and defined curls and a free flow design, the encouragement is for women to take that head wrap off, embrace your natural heritage, wear your defined curls, embrace who you are and let that show. So it's two layers to that one. Okay. Number one, embracing your heritage, number two, and not being afraid of that. And number two, empowering women to not focus on doing stuff because of somebody else said so. Things. If this is how God created you, embrace how God created God. How God created you. That in itself is a powerful message that I believe that uh, anybody can be in charged up with and empowered with. And honestly, we get to do it through teaching people how to cut hair. So cool. We, I love you know, it. so that's 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 something that's huge. Um, then a classic Philly. It's a representation of how faith has influenced fashion. I myself, I'm a Christian man, and. Uh, there are times where I've let my beard grow out full that a large amount of people in Philadelphia who has a heavy Islamic and Jewish community with men that wear big beards would assume that that I subscribe to one of those other worldviews. And it's only a representation of how faith can actually mm-hmm. influence fashion that Philadelphia is known for gentlemen with big beards. And you can find in any section of Philadelphia a gentleman with a big, fluffy beard. And it's not a representation of what they what their faith is. It's a representation of how faith has influenced fashion, and um, in corporate America, it's shunned upon. But in the in this world, there's a large amount of individuals that are finding ways to make money outside of corporate America, and it's more and more uh, the staple of America, especially with online e-commerce and opportunities to create your own businesses. People are just, people are embracing who they are and their and their and their culture and their heritage and their faiths a lot more. And um, you can see who they are. So people need help with understanding how to groom those things. And also my mindset is respect where things originated and how you've influenced uh, other individuals. And um, knowing where things come from can empower you for for greatness. I love that. Two great descriptions, but how many different looks are there total in Fluid too? There are five great, awesome looks inside of Fluid. I believe that uh, anybody with any level of talent will be able to learn from it and pick tips up from it. This uh, this educational uh, uh, platform, whether it be through the videos or whether it be through the book, um, the inspiration through the imagery, I believe it's going to be you know impactful and legendary. I just think that it's, it's a great it's a great project. I'm just elated that I was uh, chosen to be a part of it. Yeah, it's it's beautifully done, as I mentioned, and knowing that we can get the virtual education on andis.com. 
backslash virtual education. And also you can purchase the book at andis.com. I have that right? Definitely so. Definitely so. <laughs> there also there is there is virtual hand there's virtual hands-on education that goes along with this as well. Okay. Uh where where this February 15th, I believe. Yeah, February 15th, we're doing a, a hands-on, hands-on right. virtual class where people will get a chance to actually walk through the modern day Frederick Douglass haircut. And for those who have challenges with how to do fading and blending, um, this is a class for you. If you have challenges with how to do a quality front line with texture hair, this is the class for you. If you have challenges with how to do clip over comb in an effective and efficient way, this is the class for you. If you are a stylist who who does a lot of sheer over comb, but have a fear of clippers, Mm -hmm. this is the class for you because we use terminology that will help bridge the gap between the barbers and hairstyles and the techniques are taught in a systematic way that will empower anybody for greatness. As we end this, we've got just a couple quick take questions. They're a little off the wall, um, but we ask every single guest and- Do them out. We're, we're to start. Okay, so the first one, bar soap or body wash? Bar soap. Oh, you're the first bar soap, I think. Okay, got so, it. So Whole Foods, uh, Whole Foods and Moms, those are the two supermarkets I shop okay. at. They always sell different bar soaps with different scents. Right. So randomly, I'm the guy that uh, that brings home. Yeah. yeah, I bring home all the right. different scents all the time. <laughs> and for my family, everybody has something different. It's like, we know who use what soap. Uh, you use my soap. That's amazing. You, you have the strawberry one. I got the coconut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. This was such yeah. an appropriate question for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely so. Definitely so. Okay. Product you're loving right now that isn't an Andis tool, you know, it could be a household item, it could be anything. What are you obsessed with right now? I had I had this <laughs> affection for scully hats that I can okay. roll up in this way. Yeah. And my closet is filled with so many of them that every time I open it, they're falling down. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter hates it. Because she's so smart that every time she opens the closet, something falls in her head and she can't put them back up. I got to believe that you've got a closet to to die for based on your fashion sense. (laughs) Well, here's the other thing. I have a walk-in closet. I have most of the side. My wife has the small side. And then my stuff is spilled into my son's room, which is (laughs) the double closet. And I have most of that, too. It's bad. It's It's not that I I have a fashion sense. It's that I'm a hoarder. Because I, I try to buy classic no. things that just that are timeless. Yeah. That's what I go mm-hmm. with. I don't know. You're pretty on point. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What are you streaming right now? Netflix, HBO, what podcasts? What's What are you listening to? Uh, Earn Your Leisure as far as podcasts. Investment strategy uh, uh, podcast. Amazing guys. Uh, Rashid Bilal. These amazing guys teaching diff- different ideas that I'm listening to. I, I listen to a lot of audio books. One is 33 Strategies of War. And the most recent one that I started is called Talking with Strangers, psychological book, understanding uh, people who are different from you, different walks of life. Um, very empowering to deal with multiple different people. TV show, me and my wife, we love to watch Chicago PD. That's definitely our favorites. And life. Those two, right. uh, those two shows are, are definitely uh, ones that, yeah, and the classic one yeah. is Law and Order. Like, yeah, I don't get I a mean- chance to watch it all the time, but. Do you ever run out of episodes of Law and Order or Chicago it's- PD? So like how many. long? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's so it's so many, but it's good for me because I don't get a chance to watch TV like every week and every day like that. So it's like when I had some time when I wanted mm-hmm. to dive in, there's plenty of content 
to oh, watch. Yeah. It's never yeah. ending though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Real talk words of advice for pros who want to get to the top of our industry. Interesting. So um, first thing is understanding that how, that how effective management and um, understanding, understanding, controlling your PR, uh, public perception, as well as understanding that you have to develop your talent. Those three things are essential. And when you have two of those three things, when you have one of those three things, you'll be able to attract a client. When you have two of those things, you can attract a client and keep a client. When you have three of those things, you can attract a client, a client, keep a client, and potentially attract high profile clients so that will position you to have the highest value. So the sweet spot is to make sure that you can have your talent being developed, have your public perception being developed and focused on, as well as your effective management so that you can actually balance them all to make sure that you can actually keep some of those high profile opportunities. Your, your reputation will precede yourself. And uh, I've been invited into many spaces that I never thought I would be uh, as a result of that one. Um, that opened the door for me to work with Nas with several several tours as a result of you know that type of uh, position. Michael B. Jordan in the same way. And then most recently, Andre 3000. Mm. Um, that was that was a great one. I only was asked to be a part of it because of other people I worked with that seeing that I knew how I had the talent, that I understood how to respect my client's privacy. Um, I knew I had what's called set etiquette. Then uh, with Michael B. Jordan, I was trusted with developing talent to actually do a lot of adding of fake hair. There's some people that don't mm. even know that in Creed 2, uh, there was a couple scenes that were a fake beard was added because of the the whole uh, uh, the hospital scenes and okay. when he was and then when he disappeared for a while he was just training for a couple months before there was fake beards that was added and it was so it was so interesting that we added the fake beard that one of the lines that Tessa Thompson and his girlfriend ended up saying in the movie was like your beard looks like it was fake and when she <laughs> said that in the movie the funny thing was his beard was fake yeah yeah Ooh, um, all right. No pressure there, right? That's that's an interesting one. And then yeah, last question, good. 2021 predictions for our industry. Let's hear your thoughts. This is because of what I'm working on. My goal is to get barbers and hairstylists to be trained to be health coaches so that we'll be able to charge people's health insurances for the consultations on health that we're going to be able to have with them. Everybody's having a conversation right now about COVID. Everybody's talking about what did you do to help you get over COVID or what did you do to stop yourself from getting COVID? So we're having conversations about food. We're having conversations about what do you do to boost your immune system? And we're having conversations about vaccines. So if we're already having these conversations already, that's going to be helping somebody become healthier. Why not go the extra mile, pay for the training to become health coaches so that we can actually get paid for that conversation and make sure that our conversations are on point and in line with actual health facts, not just what our thoughts are on our So what, what, my, what my thoughts are is that there's going to be a group of people that I'm included in that's going to be changing the narrative of how we're viewed as health professionals um, well, assistance to health professionals mm -hmm. so that we can actually earn more than just the money we can just by serving through what we do with our hands, but yep. what we do with our minds too. Wow. All right. That's the first time I've heard of anything like that. So kudos to you. Seems like yep. you're always one or two steps ahead, but I'm not <laughs> surprised. <laughs> Okay. And then lastly, you know, can you tell all of our listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you as well? Make sure that you stay in tune with the Andis company. Andis Clippers on Instagram is going to be the best place to find a lot of the educational resources and the latest ingredients from the Andis tools. But if you want to connect with me personally, uh, K Duncan Grooming is where you can find me. 
Yep. You can find me at kennydunking.com. You find the different blogs and different articles that I've written to help right. share some of my mind and some of my thoughts that I believe are, uh, are definitely beneficial. And uh, K Duncan Grooming is where you can find a lot of my content. You can find me on social media. And, uh, Great. <laughs> we'll be looking forward to, to following you up on social media for sure. And then again, Fluid Volume 2 is available for purchase at andis.com. Certainly yes. head please, over please, there. Please. Check out this brilliance. It's like no other. It's beautifully done. So congrats again on your success. Um, looking forward to seeing all the amazing things that you do in 2021 as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on you this bet. platform. We appreciate you for all your support. Wow. So much. Kenny really brought it. That mm-hmm. was exciting. I didn't expect him to to say some of the stuff that he was going to say, but now we know. We know. And I love the buzz of the clipper in the background because we're talking authentic, right? We did have to cut the pod because the blow dryers were blow dryers were going off, but we got that under control thanks to our amazing producers. Kenny is full of wisdom, um and I love to see even kind of that community advocacy work that he did to really help influence change in his community. He's doing a lot of wonderful things outside of just the work he's doing with Andis Company, outside of Fluid 2 uh, as well. So um, hope you enjoyed him. He was great. Yeah, such a change maker. We were thrilled to have him on the podcast and we know that you guys love him. So if you like this part of the podcast and enjoy the interview, let us know about it. We want to hear what you have to say uh, and we'll yeah. follow up with Kenny. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volumeup at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Stephen Jodorand. Thank you to our creative team, Kay Reynolds and Haley Hefner, for putting together the graphics for this episode, and to Josh Landowski for editing so you can watch and listen on YouTube.